Hello, welcome to the Dear Nikki podcast, where I'm going to be giving you personalized user research advice based on your questions or struggles. So let's dive into today's episode. Hello, happy April, everybody. I wanted to do an April Fool's episode, but I had no idea what to do. (laughs) I thought about maybe coming on and being like how to turn from a user researcher into a product manager and say that I'm transitioning this podcast into a product management one <laughs> or, or something something silly. But I had no idea what to do. So you're just getting a regular episode. Oh, so boring. Next year, next year, keep, keep that in mind. Next, next April, you're gonna you're gonna get such a weird thing from me. <laughs> I also don't want to ruin it. Whereas somebody's listening for the first time, and I don't have that many episodes still, right? So somebody's listening for the first time, and I'm just here like, hey, this is now gonna be a product management podcast where we talk about how much user research sucks, <laughs> right? And that per person would be like, who is this? So. I am mitigating risk for this year, but next April, next April Fool's Day, mark my word, it will be funny. It might be this joke, but maybe not. Maybe I'll go, maybe I'll go a little bit more wild. Is there something more wild than starting a podcast about how much user research sucks as a user researcher? <laughs> I don't think so. But Anyways, happy happy April. I hope you're doing well. I'm excited to dive into the question that I got today. And it's a tough question because I feel like there are a lot of nuances and terms that go into it and mindsets that go into it. So I'm going to do my best to break it apart as well as I can and talk through my my thoughts and and advice. So let's get started. So this person works at a company and they are on a continuous discovery team or a continuous team. So this person asked, how do I produce insights quickly? I need to be producing insights every week. And right now I'm going through a short questionnaire or a one question survey, but it's very hard to keep up. So do you have any tips for a user researcher working on a continuous discovery team? and how to keep up with these types of insights. So, juicy, huh? (laughs) One thing that I will say, and this is a very important distinction, is continuous discovery and continuous research are two different things, right? And continuous discovery, in my opinion, humbly speaking, does not fit into insights every week. It can sometimes if you do the work that you need to do, the pre-work that you need to do, and you do the discovery, then you can drip insights every week potentially. But there is a distinction between continuous discovery and continuous research, right? So let's just break that down very quickly. Continuous discovery, and again, this is all my opinion, so uh, as a caveat that I want to say, not everybody might feel the same, but continuous discovery for me is discovery research, 
right? So it's looking into understanding users, understanding mental models, understanding journey maps, understanding concepts or ideas or innovations that are agnostic of the product. They don't always have to be agnostic of the product because a journey map can be both agnostic and related to a product. So a customer journey map, for instance, can show things that are happening outside the product and both both outside and inside the product. So what somebody's doing outside of the scope of using your product and also then what they're doing inside of the product. Same with jobs to be done is a framework that talks about things outside of a product as well as inside of a product, right? I know that Jobs to be Done talks a lot about being product agnostic, but there are some ways that you can use it with relation to a product, right? So discovery research is discovering new things, right? Continuous research can fall Discovery research can fall under the umbrella of continuous research, but not not all continuous research is discovery research, right? So continuous research is just consistently doing research over time, and usually that research is in alignment with what your teams are looking for or trying to understand or working on, right? So I think it's episode 21, maybe. I talk about user research in an agile environment. So that would be something that would be quite interesting probably for for you to take a look at because it talks about how user research does and does not work in an agile environment and what research is most applicable to an agile environment. Now, Again, continuous research can be any form of research. It doesn't have to be discovery. So we can be looking at things like usability tests, surveys, um, tree testing, card sorting. You know, we can look into evaluative methods. You can also, again, continuous research can be within the sphere of discovery and generative research. So interviews and diary studies, mental models, contextual inquiry, right? But with what you are saying, so we have this conundrum here where you are trying to produce insights quickly and you're trying to produce insights every week, which is not an easy thing to do. And I hugely empathize with you. So one thing that I would say, there, well, there are many things that I would say, but the first thing that I want you to think about and do is asking why and I'm not sure if you came up with the idea of uh, creating insights or sharing insights every week, right? Or if somebody else came up with that idea and assigned it to you, but really, really questioning why we are having to produce insights every week, right? What is the goal behind that? What is the expected outcome of that? And how valuable are those insights, right? So something that I, I I worked within this framework for a little while when one of my managers said that they wanted insights every week for from research for the teams to use. And what I saw happen is very common. There can, honestly, there can be such an influx and overwhelm of information that teams are getting. I mean, look at us just like in general, if you take social media, if you take the news, if you take any sort of content that we are ingesting, there can 
very often be huge overflows of this information, right? So we we are almost hit over the head with all the information that we have to use and all the things that we have to do and all the things that we need to read and learn and blah, 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 all of this stuff, right? So what I found was by creating insights every week, I was overwhelming the teams with information and oftentimes I was not able to convey things that were valuable to people because again, it's every week. Like imagine sending somebody a survey every week or imagine sending somebody, you know, a book to read every week, you know, or something to do every week, right? It's, It's very overwhelming. And then what I also found happened is the weeks that I didn't really have anything, I would scramble to put something together. And to be completely honest, it was a half assed insight. Right. So it wasn't that valuable because from where I was coming from, I was trying to scramble to meet this like arbitrary deadline that was set for me that didn't make any sense. And I was creating something, either a crappy survey or pulling together crappy insights to try and make something new, which actually wasn't very valuable. And if I'm not creating something that's valuable in and of itself, right, I'm not going to, what's the team going to do with it? right? It could actually lead down like a very poor path of decision-making. So what I would say is I would question why this is happening, what the goal is behind it, and what the value teams can get from having an insight every single week, right? So that would be the first thing. And if you're, if let's say somebody assigned this to you, like your manager, or this is the way that the team kind of is, is run, then what I would do is I would I would have just an open conversation questioning it, right? And saying, hey, why what are we trying to accomplish with this kind of cadence? Because again, user research doesn't necessarily work within that scope, right? So for for instance, there are very few things that we can do that are impactful as user researchers that get an insight within a week right? So if you're trying to produce something new every single week, then you are going to really struggle with finding methodologies that make that make sense, right? Because even short questionnaires or one-question surveys can only go so far. And I commend you hugely for being creative and using those mediums as ways to get insights, but they 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 can only go so far. Like one-question surveys are, are not going to give you the depth of knowledge, especially if your team is calling themselves a discovery team, right? If they're doing continuous discovery, you will not find discovery in questionnaires and one-question surveys. It's literally impossible, right? You might find something interesting that you can then discover, right? However, you 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 aren't going to discover things in one week. So I think that for you, what would be really interesting is to, again, understand this why, and then go back to understanding what your teams are working on and what you actually need to do to impact their work in a positive way, right? So whatever your teams are working on, how can you help them? And can you? how can you back up from that to understand, you know, oh, they're working on this new feature. Okay, I need to back up two weeks from there so that I have a usability test done so that I can give them insights on that. And that does not mean, just because you are doing project-based research does not mean that you can't do continuous research, right? You can do two of these things at the same time. But one thing that I will say is like, 
if your team is focused on a certain feature or a certain product and you're doing continuous research and you're delivering an insight that has nothing to do with what they are working on, that's not, it's just so irrelevant and it's not going to be helpful and it's going to go die somewhere in a Google Drive or in a presentation deck or just on Slack, right? It's just, you know, your, your insights need to be relevant to what the team is working on in that moment. Right. So something that I would recommend is like really getting an understanding and saying to whomever maybe assigned this to you or or really thinking yourself, like, how do I make sure that these insights are relevant? Right. If I am going to do continuous research on top of project-based research, which there's nothing wrong with doing both, how do I make sure that the insights are relevant for the teams that I'm working on or for the team that I'm working on? Right. So things that you can do to get quick insights. Right, because I'm I, I do wanna I do wanna address that particular topic, and it it depends on like your recruitment, your niche, your audience, and how quickly you can get responses to certain things. But things that you can do to produce insights quickly are things like unmoderated tests. Again, this is all um, dependent on your recruitment and how quickly or slowly your recruitment goes. But things like unmoder unmoderated research. So unmoderated usability tests. So very simple unmoderated tests can produce you very quick insights. As you said, you do surveys. Those those can be relatively quick as well. Other things that you can do are heuristic evaluations, right? So really looking into, and this doesn't require any participants, so looking into the heuristics of something that your team is working on and understanding like, are we violating certain things with our old design? Are we violating certain things with our new design, right? So looking into that methodology, things like tree testing. Tree testing can be quite a nice and quick study that looks at information architecture. Right? So that there are plenty of quick methods that you can employ that I would highly, highly recommend because they're they're really great things to work on and, and to have in your toolbox. But really looking into are the insights that I'm delivering actually relevant, right? Are they relevant to the work that the team is doing? Because if you're just putting more information on top of people that isn't relevant, they're not going to pay attention to it. Another thing that I will quickly say, because I forgot to say this, is looking at things like triangulating data. So looking at product metrics, looking at, uh, I'm not sure if this is relevant for you, but it might be for some people, customer support tickets, uh, talking to account managers. So doing like internal work too, uh, doing desk research or competitive research as well could be helpful for, for your teams in terms of these quick insights. But again, I would I would really question why you need to have these every two weeks or every one week. Like I would I would move it to like every week. Or sorry. Oi, here we go. I would question why you're having them every week. And I would push to every two weeks to make sure that there's something relevant that you could say to what the team is working on. I wouldn't even go I mean and two weeks is even arbitrary in and of itself, because I don't know if that makes sense with what the team is working on, right? So what I would say is that I would do my best to kind of understand the cadence of this continuous research and what needs to be done. So another concern that comes up, because the way that I'm talking is that you are also potentially doing project-based research on top of this. Now, if your team is moving so fast that they only give you one week to do research, that's also bad, 
(laughs) and a slightly different story. So if you are only able to have one week to do research on whatever it is your team is working on, then that's something that you need to talk to your manager about because research in and of itself, user research for the majority does not fit into a certain time box that we all want it to fit into because it is a process, right? So just like other functions and other departments move forward, we can't expect research to be in a certain time box that we want it just because we want it in that time box, right? So we don't always expect devs to do all of their work in one week. Usually they're two-week sprints and that doesn't always work. We don't expect HR to recruit a candidate within one week and get somebody starting up in a company, you know? So I, I, I think that if if it's the case where you are not allowed to do research outside of the scope of one week, then you need to sit down with somebody and have a conversation about how research does not make sense within the scope of one week, right? You are happy to support them, but this is not supporting them. Right. Because if we do research within the scope of one week, we are going to be doing crappy research. There is all, uh, there's very, very little ways around cramping research into one week to get meaningful results that help teams make better decisions. Right. You at this point, like if you are forced to do research in the scope of a week, you one, you you are doing yourself a disservice because you're not learning research as it kind of like should be done. Of course, there are always, always, always um, kind of times and situations in which you might have to do research quickly. And as I said, it's great that you're trying to be creative and get around this by using surveys and questionnaires, but you are doing yourself a disservice in, in your learning because research is not meant to be done in one week, right? So with this in mind, what you, what you have to do, and when I've when I've tried to fit research into a time box, as I said, the agile episode might be really interesting for you because I talk through the different types of research and how they do or do not fit into an agile framework. But when I was trying to fit research into an agile framework, I did learn that certain types of research make sense in in agile, and certain types of research don't make sense. Right. So we all talk about you know waterfall versus agile. And people get kind of annoyed because they're like, why can't you do research faster? Why can't we do research, you know, in a in an agile way? And I'm just like, well, you need information from me. And if you need it by a certain date, why are we fighting that? <laughs> like, why, why don't you just let research be what it is? And like, if you need information from me, like, let me get that information. Like, I, I don't understand why we have to like call it one thing or another. I, I need time to get this information. And if you want to deliver it by a date, I'm just going to have to work ahead of you. Like that's not a bad thing. So uh, I, I don't know why we all – why people get up in arms about it. But what I would say is if you, if you can, uh, this is when you need to sit down with your manager and say, hey, I need time. I need time for research. I need time to plan research. I need time to do research properly. I need a roadmap. I need things that people are going to be working on so that what I can do is I can back up X amount of time to do the research and to deliver the research in a way that is helpful for teams, right? So if our team is working on this project, let's say it's you know a new feature again, if our team is working on that project and I need to do usability testing, I cannot do usability testing in a week. I need two weeks for usability testing. So I need to know the date that people need the information 
so that I can back that up by two weeks, right? Just as an example. Okay. And then if you're talking about discovery and they're like, we want personas and we want to learn about our users, that's a long-term project. Like, I'm sorry. I know that people don't want to hear this, but it is a long-term project. It's something that takes four, six, eight, maybe more, depending on your process, depending on your audience, depending on your recruitment. It could take up to 12 weeks sometimes. I did personas over three months, right? And it, But the thing is, is it, it has to be fine because there's no other way to do this in a way that makes sense. Right. So if you are working, like, let's say, let's say that your team needs personas, which in that case, they should plan better before asking you to do it in a week. But if your team needs personas, you can take yourself out of this time frame and say, okay, this is how long it's going to take. Right. We can, we can, let's say, let's say it takes eight weeks. Right. In the four weeks, what we can do is we can have like an interim kind of proto persona, which is a prototype of a persona that we build based on the knowledge that we have and knowing that we have to continue on to get more knowledge and and to kind of make sure that all of that is sound but i can you can still drip some some insights in right that you find throughout those 8 weeks that's totally fine but you can't just be expected to do new work every single week and new insights every single week Right. So if you are trying to do discovery research, that's almost agnostic of the product and agnostic of the time frame. You might be doing research over eight weeks, but again, you can drip some of these insights in that makes sense to drip. Like, of course, if you're not sure about an insight, then don't don't do it. Don't don't tell people about it if it's not if it's not fully fledged insight. But there are things that you can kind of drip in and there are ways that you can make it not seem like we're just waiting eight weeks for research. You can do activities in between as well. Right. So, but again, you know, and, and this, this also serves because I'm talking about personas, but there are other types of generative research. Like let's say that your company wants to move into a new area or a new market or they have this new innovative idea or whatnot. You know, you ideally, you know that, let's say that it starts in Q3 that they want to start working on that. Ideally, you know that so you can actually do the research in Q2, right? I, I just, I think that it really irritates me that people don't think about research as being something that needs to be like thought through and planned and that research can just fit into whatever framework at an organization and it's just like just that right because that's not how research works and i think that in this case it's about really understanding like why are we doing this cadence what are we trying to get out of it what is the value of this is it even relevant for teams to be getting research insights every single week, especially if they're if it's not surrounding what they're working on? And am I trying to squish research into something that's just just literally impossible, right? And then trying to have those conversations with people who can help you through this situation by changing the cadence or by allowing you to take continuous discovery outside of the scope of timeframes, right? Or to do project-based research by planning ahead. Right. And again, if we even take away continuous discovery research and just talk about continuous research, you can do project based research. Like, let's take that usability test, for example, and also be you know, reporting on satisfaction metrics. Right. So, surveying using the SUS or the SEQ or the UMUX Lite and be reporting on that continuously. 
right? It wouldn't make sense to do it every week, but you could also be reporting on that. Or you could take previous research and say, hey, we found this in one of our other studies and I looked into it and I saw that there were a bunch of customer support tickets surrounding this. So this is something that we need to look into and there need to be then like next steps for like follow-up research to that, right? So I think that you can still do continuous research alongside project-based research. It just needs to be relevant. And I don't think it needs to be every week because again, information overload. (laughs) There is like, it's impossible for us to keep track of all these things. And like, you don't want your insights to just go and die in a dusty folder somewhere, right? And you want to be doing work that's relevant, but you also want to be doing work that's realistic, not user research in a week, every week, something new. Like it just doesn't make sense. So I hope that that was helpful. And again, I would really highly recommend checking out the Agile episode because I think that that will also help with understanding how research fits in or where it doesn't because I talk about some of those concepts a bit more in depth within the scope of that episode. But I really hope that you have somebody that you can talk to within your team or your manager to kind of really brainstorm if this is the right approach for research in this scope and at this cadence and how to kind of break some of those molds and make sure that you're doing the most relevant and impactful research. And because I used to do this when I started research, I just used to just do research, right? I didn't really think about if it was relevant or impactful. And after a time, people stop listening to you and that's really demotivating. And so I really hope that you have the chance to talk to somebody where you can kind of change this and and, and imp- improve and iterate on this process so that it makes more sense for you, for the team, and for user research as a field. So I hope that that was super helpful and I fingers crossed that you have somebody to talk to and if you're in this position are are able to do your best to try and change it or to try and make improvements to the process and question it and really think through what's going on why are we actually doing this and does this really make sense for where we are in our team and for what user research is as a field so oh yes that was a tough one so fingers crossed it just really upsets me when people just think that user research can fit in, you know, when people who don't do user research or are stuck in some sort of mentality that think that it can, yeah, really like fit into something that's not realistic and then push researchers to do things that aren't realistic and then you're not learning and then it's a whole thing and clearly it hits me in the feels. So yes, again, I hope that that was helpful and I'm looking forward to more questions and to talking to you soon. I hope you have a great day. Thanks. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe and submit your next question. And I look forward to talking to you all soon. Bye.